Hello, people. I'm actually going to do a podcast today. I'm just going to keep going until I get to 20 minutes because usually what happens is I'm like, all right, you know what? It's a Tuesday. I am going to spend, you know, exactly like 25 minutes making a podcast. And then usually like seven minutes in, I don't really like what I'm doing. And then I do it again. And then it happens again. And I've already spent 25 minutes doing something, except I never got around to actually finishing something. And so I never upload anything. And then people are like, why didn't you upload anything? I'm like, you don't get it. I spent time, but I just didn't produce anything of value. And now I'm a bunch of weeks behind. So, how was everyone? How are you doing? I don't think anyone listens to this anymore because my inconsistency is going to fail me and I'm going to have to pay the consequences. What has happened? A lot has happened. I had tech week one week, so I couldn't make a podcast. Then I just had a really shitty week last week, so I couldn't make a podcast. Um, I got a 61 on a Euro test. People, a 61. And this is someone who thinks history's her shit? Apparently not. Only American history. Why? Because American history is really in-depth. We've only been around for 200 years. And you can't just lump some, like, 100 years and say one thing happened. Like, every 20 years, it's like a, it's just, like, a radically different country, which I think is beautiful, but also kind of scary. Uh, what else happened? Hmm. Oh my god. Okay, so all of you know I am like fucking in love with Bojack Horseman. Uh, the creator, Raphael Bob Waxberg, wrote a book called Someone. Actually, what is it called? Somebody. Oh, Somebody Who Will Love You in All of Your Damaged Glory. That's what it's called. And it is beautiful. I mean, yes, I'm only 40 pages in pages in I got it yesterday and I ran downstairs and I was just screaming the whole time and I was like yay and then I cut open the box and I pulled the book out and I didn't even know my parents got me hardcover so it was like a bigger surprise I knew they got it for me but hardcover people that's like a bougie book there's not a lot of books I keep hardcover because usually the, the big fat ones only come in paperback but I have Turtles All the Way Down by John Green signed hardcover I didn't meet him it's just a signed version of it and what else do I keep hardcover? Uh, the Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. Uh, that's not my book. It's someone else's book. And they got a hardcover, but they gifted it to me. Which was beautiful. Um, and then I think every other hardcover book I have is like some shitty textbook. Uh, I... Do I have anything else to say? Did I run out of things that fast? No, I definitely have things to say. I mean, we can keep talking about books. I have not been reading for fun in a really really long time i used to read a lot basically until sophomore year and then sophomore year i just was like i'm so busy i can't even do it which is how i felt about this podcast i was like i am so busy how am i going to keep up i have to it is a priority you have to prioritize things and i didn't read as much and i just started to watch tv whenever i had the chance and not really read books which is really unfortunate and i also think i was in that weird middle period where i wasn't mature enough to read the books that were coming out now right but i wasn't mature enough to read the old classics and i was too mature to read young adult dystopian novels or I had already read most of them because that is what I did from ages 12 to 14 was read every young adult fiction novel you could think of. And I basically just stopped reading and I got back into it because we had to read Farewell to Arms for school, which I loved. Nobody in my class liked it, which was very concerning because I was like, am I the only one here that fucks with existentialism? But maybe it's because I'm the only one there that's ever been cured 
by existentialism. You know, some people become depressed because of existentialism, which is why I think the book wasn't well received. But then I was like super sad boy for most of my life. And then I understood existentialism and I'm like, wait a minute, everything is going to be okay. Uh, existentialism is just like, at least the way I've understood it as time has gone on, it's just a philosophical just do it, right? Like we're all going to die. And that's okay. I mean, we have to die. You don't want to live forever. If you live forever, then you have to watch everyone you love die. And that's definitely worse than dying. But we're all going to die. And the probability of us getting remembered is super, super low. So yes, you can live to be remembered later in your life, like Franz Kafka and be depressed the whole time. Or you can just live to be remembered by some people or everybody and be famous or whatever you want. But at the end of the day, nothing really matters. I mean, some of it matters for a short period of time, but even then, nothing really matters. So just do what feels right, right? Like don't do whatever, but do whatever feels right. And obviously you have an idea of moral and ethics and then we get into that and I'm not as well versed in ethics because I don't understand some ethics and I understand other ethics. Like when people are like, oh, would you rather, uh, I don't know, kill a baby or kill like seven old people? You know, that whole train thing where you have to stop the train. I don't know, just fucking stop the train. You don't have to run both over. You know, there has to be some other option, which is why I think ethics discussions are super weird because it really limits it to certain categories and you're like well here's the thing about life there are an infinite amount of circumstances and options and you just have to be able to figure it out and that just has to go with do whatever your heart tells you to do in that moment I actually think you should trust your impulses I mean yes your impulses can get you in trouble a lot happens to me way too many times but I do think that there is a rawness that an integrity to following through on your impulses and so it's really important that once in a while you really just trust your gut, right? Like there's a difference between doing something stupid and trusting your gut and figuring out that difference is obviously the result of growing up and figuring out not adulthood because I don't think adults know anything more than we do. And any adult that thinks they do is just as insecure as a 40, 40 year old, 14 year old. And this is a true fact. And I don't know if adults listen to this, but I feel like the ones who do got to be really, really in touch with themselves to listen to a 16 year old rant about life. But genuinely, if you are like 60 years old, I'm just talking about like my, my, in, my general interactions with adults and like you think that you're better than a teenager because you're 60 that's dumb. Like, I just don't think, I've thought this my whole life because like in India, you really got to respect people because they're old. And I'm like, dude, they're sexist and they're dipshits. But no, I got to respect them because they're old and also their family. But in general, I think it's really important that you respect people based off their integrity rather than just their age. Most people are wise when they're older right because they've lived more life and learned more things but just because they're older you can't assume that they learned more things by living a longer life right like that's really important i think a lot of people just think oh because you've been alive for so long you know more no no knowing more you know involves some kind of maturity and i think sometimes just sometimes not all the time sometimes kids have more of a maturity in that sense of self-awareness and self-understanding than adults. And I think mostly that's because kids, at least my age, we just all hate ourselves. Like that's the general, oh, you know, what is the word I'm looking for? The general vibe is we all hate ourselves. There's a lot of, you know, self 
deprecation going on and the importance of self-deprecation and i'm not saying everyone should hate themselves it's not you should love yourself but at some point you should be self-aware enough to know when you've done something wrong and i don't think that certain adults are capable of doing that just because they're old i don't know what it is right like i think sometimes sometimes you get confidence about doing life but i don't think any of us should ever be confident about doing life We should be confident in ourselves about the ability to do life, but we shouldn't be confident in the actual doing of life. Because what the fuck does it mean? I don't know. That's just food for thought. I mean, I'm not telling you to go be disrespectful to adults, because obviously that's not it. There's this idea that we have to love them to death. But I am telling you to look at it from a different perspective, which is just like, are, are, are they all really better than us, right? Like if adults were really better than us, You know, would the face of global warming be 16 years old? Well, the face of fixing global warming, obviously not the face of global warming. The face of global warming is not 16 years old. It's a large corporation. Okay, um, what else do I have to say? I am just so ranty today. I have so much to talk about. Oh, okay, so I was talking to basically one of my friends about why, um, just like, in all the generations, the ages 12 to like 14 or 10 to 14 are obsessed with young adult dystopian novels. Um, Well, one, there's just a large field of young adult dystopian novels, right? Like, don't even lie to me. You know you wanted to write a young adult dystopian novel. Like, that's how I got into the idea that I wanted to be a writer was I was like, I could write a young adult dystopian novel that takes place in 2354. That was the exact date. I'll always remember it. It takes place in this place called the imperial gardens um i used to draw like i used to doodle the word imperial gardens everywhere and i used to write out what i thought everybody's fictional name was and what else did i do what else took place you know the imperial gardens was basically just like the library of congress like like it's ruins Mm, you know so the ruins of the library of congress in 100 years is like this little respite for me and my friends and we call it the imperial gardens because it has all these books but then we find the secret vault that stored all the important books of the american democracy and then we rebel against the monarchy and then we restore i don't know life or whatever i only got to like the seventh chapter and it was such garbage and i can't even find it because i think i gave the notebooks to someone as a gift i was like you know here keep this and then one day give it back to me and it will be the funniest thing i've ever read uh But yeah, so we were discussing like why that specific age group is fascinated with dystopian novels because what is so appealing about that genre? And I think we ultimately concluded that kids, right? Because you're kids. All of us are kids. Even I was listening to, we were listening to a podcast about Hemingway and they basically called Hemingway when he was 30 and wrote about existentialism, a kid explaining the meaning of life. And I'm like, look, if we can call Hemingway 30 years old, inexperienced and a kid, then why are we a race of 16 to 18 year olds expected to get our life together and apply to college like we're not kids? Uh, Drop the double standard, bitch. Anyway, going back to what I was saying was kids from the ages of 10 to 14 right when they find the genre of teenagers right most 
main characters in dystopian novels are around the ages of well what we are now 16 to 18 and so when you're when you're 10 to 14 that's like a big deal right they seem really old but not too far away old like unrelatable old they're a relatable level of old like ah yes in eight years i could get to this place and so one it's relatable and it's achievable in that sense like you could be that heroic internally and then it gives you a sense of hope and heroism like I could also be that brave and that courageous and that intelligent. And it really makes you question your own morality in a sense, not in like a dreadful philosophical way, right? Cause you're 10, but it really makes you think like, you know, if push comes to shove, would I be Tris Pryor? And everyone wants to believe that they are. And so I think that it's so fundamental for kids to read dystopian young adult novels because yes, they're cheesy and they're stupid, but the reason that they exist and the reason that there's such a big appeal to them is there's a sense of hope that we have the ability to change the world, which is why so many people love them. It's because we want to relate to the person that can save the world because we inherently feel like we are capable of that. And that idea that we're capable of changing the world is why we go and learn things and it's why we do stupid things like create a podcast and it's why we expect people to listen to us or to value our opinion or to treat us with respect and that's another thing in the last two and a half weeks to like a month basically i have felt like no one has treated me seriously which is like a weird thing to feel because you're like yes i know i'm a kid and i've always felt in certain places that like no one treats me seriously like takes me seriously which i don't mind but like specifically in the last month like nobody like not a single human being has taken me seriously like i'll say something and i'll get like a look but not at me like two separate people that like usually don't look at each other will give that look you know that look of like huh did you hear what she said like shut the fuck up and i feel like i've been just drowning in those looks recently and maybe i'm just being really self-conscious because i've spent the last what is it like three months doing nothing but living in my lonesome like yes i'm around people but like spiritually i am alone which i'm fine with which is a new shenba right i'm not like depressed over it but maybe it comes from that maybe i'm just self-conscious but i genuinely think in the last month i don't know what it is maybe it's just me maybe i've just been more like real like aggressive in that sense I can just sense that people are just like aggravated by my existence, which shouldn't bother me. And I don't think it does, which is more concerning, but it really comes down to this moment where I'm like, what am I doing here, right? Like nobody here respects me except me. And that's never been the status quo in my life. Usually I'm in a place where a lot of people respect me, but I can't respect myself enough to notice or like, you know, take advantage of that and usually I ruin things that way but this to me is different this to me I walk into rooms and people don't care about what I have to say and I do and it is so frustrating to be like why am I the only one here who thinks I'm capable of anything right like everyone around you feeling or treating you like you're stupid is by far the worst feeling I think I've ever experienced and that goes back to the don't be an asshole mantra. Really, like what did you gain by making me feel bad? And then that made me think about any time I've ever made anybody feel stupid, right? So I, I think I've done this actually a lot and now I feel really bad about it, which it's small, right? Like if someone hasn't seen something or read something, right? Where you're talking about a, a book or a TV show or a song, uh, let's just take Bojack Horseman for example and I'm talking about it and someone's like what's Bojack Horseman 
instead of saying like, do you haven't watched BoJack Horseman, which would be my, or like anyone's immediate reaction about anything they're passionate about, I think, you know, it's important to make a conscious change to, oh, you know, it's like this really funny show on Netflix and I think you'll have a pleasure watching it. Because instead of putting someone down for not doing something, you're inspiring them to go do it, which is a positive way to sort of get everyone on the same page. And so maybe the reason I've been feeling that way is just because I feel so out of the loop everywhere. And then I ask questions because I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. And people just look at me like, how could she not know what's going on? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And I know this because I felt this a lot growing up because I wasn't exactly culturally American. I mean, I was, but like I didn't watch classic movies and like my parents didn't listen to songs. So you, like American songs. So like, I don't know if like an old music thing comes up or if an old, and by old, I mean like, I don't know, 2000s, uh, like a song comes up from that era. My parents like didn't listen to it in the car, right? My parents listened to old Tamil music in the car. We listened to Ilayaraja. And so I can recognize a song from 1995 that's Ilayaraja because I've just heard it in the car at least three times in my life. But I can't do that with American music because my parents don't play American music in the car. And so all the things about American culture that I know is self-cultivated. You know, after I turned, I think, 13 or 14, I just, you know, basically had a Netflix account on my laptop and figured out how to use the internet properly. And I think I really cultured myself. But I think, I don't know, in the past month, it's just been coming up over and over again. And people are like, how do you not know what that is? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we just did talk about this when I was five years old. So I think it's really important if someone around you doesn't know something that you're passionate about instead of reacting, which is very easy to do, right? I'm not saying that Oh my God, if you react, you're a piece of shit. I'm just saying, take that conscious effort because now you're thinking about it. And instead of putting someone down for something that seems really obvious to you, uh, find a way to inspire them to also like what it is that you're doing. And I think it's such a small difference that makes you like an inherently better person because it just makes you more inclusive, right? Like by acting like it's a given it makes the other person feel bad and this whole thing is like why are we making anyone feel bad about anything life is so short and meaningless and there's no point in being a bitch about it right like if we're only alive for so long we're probably not going to be remembered then we might as well make people feel good for a brief you know five minutes or at least prevent and mitigate them feeling bad because if people feel bad then then not only is life meaningless, but it's stupid. And I don't think life is stupid. I do think it's meaningless in the sense, like, what are we doing here? But at least while we're here, we should have a good time, right? And if we're all going to be bitches, then we can't have a good time. And as far as I'm concerned, that is such a gigantic waste of all of our spirit and life and energy because we are so beautiful, you know, the way we're made up and the things that we do. But if we waste it on, like, being exclusive and, you know, being... Uh, discriminatory and really putting people down, then it is just such a colossal waste of time. And that's why I think a lot of people get so fed up with the world and le it leads them to do really morbid things. And I really think the change is simple. It's so small. I mean, yes, there's bigger issues, but if everyone fixed the smaller issues, the bigger issues would seem so much easier to solve because we wouldn't be dealing with so much internal conflict. Speaking of like discriminatory, Chick-fil-A is no longer donating money to anti-LGBTQ uh, 
organizations, which means all of my woke people, including myself, we can now eat at Chick-fil-A again. It is a big day. We are excited. We protested. We waited and they actually fixed it. So I feel like we did something and I am proud of all of us. So way to go, people. We did one good thing. Um, what else? Oh my god, I actually got through 20 minutes? What did I even talk about? It felt good, you know? It just felt good to let things out of my soul. I have to do this. I'm so sorry I gave up on you guys for two weeks, two consecutive weeks, like a piece of shit. I did do a check-in, but it wasn't that good. Uh, you know the mantra, don't be an asshole, and I love you guys very, very much, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.